Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. So we have this question in. This question is, um, hi, Dr. Cap, can you tell us your tips for prioritizing a heavy workload? I think this would be interesting to hear what you've yeah. got to say on that. I was alluded to that a minute so, ago, um, didn't you? Let's go yeah, so sort of, yeah, definitely. It's a good, it's a, God, we all feel that question, don't we? We all relate to that, connect to that. You know, it's some of the things we've already talked about. First of all, make sure that the things that you're prioritizing are things that matter. And one of the ways of doing that is to connect to your why, to your purpose. So the clearer that is, the easier it is to prioritize things. Another way to do that is to kind of do future perspective taking, where you actually think, you know what, at the end of the month or at the end of the year, which of these things my workload are going to matter? And suddenly you kind of go, hmm. Well, you know, these things, I'm not going to care about them. I'm going to have forgotten about these by the end of the month, let alone the end of the year. So that's often quite a helpful thing when we have that sense of overwhelm. You know, take a step back and connect to that deeper piece about why I'm here, what's really important, which of these things connect to the purpose most obviously. Those are the things you do first. And then think which of these things, you know, it's another take on that question, really. Which of these things at the end of the year or the end of six months are going to be the things that are going to help me? And I'm going to look back and think, I'm glad I spent time on that. And which things am I going to think, what the hell was I doing wasting time on that and not on something over here, developing relationships or or whatever it might be. So those are my kind of main tips to think about. And, you know, the other thing is just to make sure we can feel overwhelmed regardless of how much is going on. So there's something just about kind of getting stuff down on a piece of paper, looking at what it is, and then, you know, have it all down somewhere, just offloading it all can be helpful because almost if we're carrying it, it feels more than it is. So just get it all down on a piece of paper and then start thinking, right, you know, circling the things that immediately come to mind as being linked to the purpose and you'll be filtering it from there. Love it. I think it's great, 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 great tips. I love what you said there. I've got another question that's come in from Hanny. Thank you, Adam. My question is, how do you deal with the time needed to see the result? I love that. Sometimes it takes longer, which makes you doubt you're on the right track. I really like that question. That's a brilliant question. Well done there, Hanny. Okay, should we answer that one? How do you feel about that yeah. one, Kath? Yeah, I really connect with that one as well. And, and that's why we need to redefine success as not being a one-off moment of a result. It actually needs to be the track you're on. And you know what? Sort of right, wrong track. You know, again, that's in danger of thinking of being quite sort of binary. You're on the track you're on at the moment. You should constantly be reviewing, do I want to shift my track this way or that way? And, uh, you know, at the point, you know, if you're, if you're kind of really sort of looking out, learning all the time, you'll realize when you need to sort of shift tracks. So again, you know, we can feel quite afraid. I'm on the right track or not. Well, you know, explore all the time. Keep learning. If learning is actually a massive part of what success looks like, then every day, 
is positive. I'm not just waiting for some result that I can't control. I don't know when it's coming. It's dependent on multiple factors that are determined by all sorts of other factors. Then that's dangerous. You're almost setting yourself up to kind of potentially fail. Actually, thinking about how are you improving, you know, your performance as a business owner, as a business leader on a daily basis. What are you doing today that's better than yesterday? Great. Well, I get a lot from that. You know, what am I gaining, you know, aside from the result that's going to help me for the result after that? So we're learning all the time. And I remember, again, the psychologist saying to me, you know, what are you getting from this, you know, if you don't win that medal? Because you don't know you're going to be selected. You don't know if you're going to be fit and not injured. This year, you don't know if the competition's happening or not. What else are you gaining? It's like, well, I'm, I, and, and then I put my attention on these things, focus on them, and they drive that result. And it's about, you know, I'm learning how to manage pressure, how to connect with others, how to work in a team, you know, how to kind of really improve my mindset all the time. I can't work, I can't just train harder in order to go faster as an athlete. I think this is a really kind of great lesson as well. You know, we all train basically, you know, three times a day, six hours, but that's it. If I need to go faster, I can't just do another hour in the gym. I'll burn out, I'll get injured. So then we have to get smarter and we think about, you know, again, that purpose piece, the connection with others, the relationships, the mindset, the behaviors, the emotions, the beliefs, all of these are part of performance as well. We can be constantly building and improving. So, you know, make sure that being on the track you're on in itself gives you a sense of, you know, moving forward and learning and some success on a daily basis. And when you're doing that, you're then maximizing the results that come. That's awesome. And I think what I took out of that is especially what you said. I mean, that must be, that's a heavy, you know, you've got to ask yourself those questions. If you train for, you know, years to go and win a medal, <laughs> you don't win. How must that feel? You know, that must be very, very challenging, you know, and, and that, did you have that? I mean, what were some hard moments for you along the yeah. journey? I mean, I definitely did. But you know what? There are people who win who feel empty and unfulfilled. You know, Tyson Fury felt a void the next morning after he knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. You know, Michael Phelps, the kind of American swimmer, there are all sorts of athletes that actually, they actually get that medal and they say, is that it? Because it's become disconnected from what matters. It's become disconnected from what happens after the medal. So that's not actually a great picture of success either. And this is a real sort of crisis that's happening in sport where in elite sport, there are a lot of mental health issues because athletes become disconnected from the why, from the meaning. Why are you on this kind of crazy journey trying to swim faster or go in a boat faster or, you know, cycle faster than anyone else? Well, why does that matter? And if you can't connect to that, then you become, you know, really you're operating at the shallow level. So actually win or not win isn't what determines how great you feel and how successful you feel. It's whether you've got a meaning around the result you get, around the journey you had on the way, the experience you had, and what you take into what comes next. And that's like, that's what the long win is about, you know, because our lives go on beyond this next set of results, beyond the race that I'm in. So what am I taking from this with me? You do, you know, absolutely awesome, awesome, you know, and, and really enjoying the conversation. It's a really, really fascinating insight from your connection to sport to business. It is fascinating. And it is like the business owner that makes all the money and is in a place where they don't feel fulfilled at the end of it. You know, I've had times yeah. where, you know, back in the back in the day, I had big dreams and big goals of where I wanted to get to, and I actually achieved a lot of them quicker than I anticipated I would. And when I got there, it was actually a bit like, oh, you know, what do I do now? You know, and it is kind of like can be a strange feeling for people to kind of 
understand that. And I love that concept, which is what somebody's just put in the comment, shallow versus a deep purpose. You know, and it can be challenging because, you know, you've got to, as an athlete especially, there's probably a line to walk. I mean, again, I'm assuming, but I'm assuming there's a line to walk between being connected to the purpose and enjoying the journey and winning every day. But then actually, if you do lose, you know, you still, when you get on that track, you still need to be like, I'm here to win, right? So you've got to imagine, have that kind of, have that switch. You know, do you feel, is that, did you have I that I think, switch? you know, the mindset is I've got to be here to deliver my best performance because that's within my control. You know, if I'm up against Usain Bolt, I'm up against an incredible athlete and I need to be able to enjoy that and respect that and love competing against that person. You know, everybody you compete against at the Olympics is is unbelievably committed, dedicated, has done yeah. all of that, you know, incremental learning. So, you know, I think, again, we can really sort of idolize that top step when do you know what there's stuff to learn wherever you from whenever you've come and, and for the life that comes thereafter it's not about one moment frozen in time and you know i think that was the big sort of insight for me was just seeing god there are all these people who have actually won and and don't really feel that sense of fulfillment something's gone wrong and that for me isn't a picture of success that's not something you'd want somebody else mm. to go through that's not something that kind of also helps them with their lives thereafter so is that really the success that you want uh, so yeah. it's about broadening that and it's, a, you know, it's enjoying those kind of performance moments, you know, competing in a race is thrilling. It's absolutely brilliant. And it depends on people coming first, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Somebody really, really good has to come in all of those places and they all play a really important part in an epic race. And yet we only hear about the winner. The media only talks about the winner. And, and I think we lose stories about how we learn. And in fact, you know, in business, there can be, you know, more than one business that's successful yeah. in an area. And in fact, you know, the pace of change at the moment often means that that rivals end up collaborating because things yeah. are moving quickly, you know, even at the top end of sort of Microsoft and Apple, or, you know, these kind of guys realize that we have to be collaborating in order to move with the pace of, you know, technology, digitalization. So to be thinking much more about collaborating with rather than competing. The actual origin of the word competition comes from a Latin word, competere, and it means striving together. It's not about defeating others, vanquishing them, destroying them, smashing them. It's actually <laughs> striving together. So we're all learning. We're all striving to achieve something that hasn't, to explore what's yeah. possible. So actually, we're all doing this. Let's be on that track, kind of, you know, pushing, challenging, supporting each other. Awesome. And I love that because that's what our environment does. When people are in our environment, we feel that's what I feel it's like, striving together. You know, everybody's everybody's moving in the same direction or towards their results. Well, I'm certainly going to pick up a copy of your book, uh, Dr. Kathy. I think it's been fascinating so far. Um, so I did put a link in earlier on. So go through the comments and, you know, I'm not surprised that this was one of the top 10 business books of 2020. It sounds absolutely awesome. And there's some great psychology in there. I've had another question coming. This one's coming from Brooke. Brooke is uh, one of our clients, and he's been uh, on the comments saying how, how much he's enjoying this evening. So he's asked you the question. Now, the question we've got here, Dr. Kath, is at the top level, do you focus on perfection or mental? Yeah, it's an easy one. It's an easy one. Uh, yeah, it's an easy one. You're right, nice. Perfection is not going to help you in any way. There is no such thing. It's a, it's a <laughs> fool's race to be chasing perfection. 
learning again you know learning is what we're about and learning is gives you momentum you know it's absolutely about all the time what do we take you know beyond each moment there is no perfect moment that that, that just sort of is setting us up to fail almost that's miserable to be on that perfection obsession route so momentum all the way I love that. I love that. Do you know what? That was an awesome quote there. You want to you <laughs> caption that there, um, Kath? I'm telling you, perfection is a fool's race. How many times have I said to the people we train, for our clients, they would have heard that. I'm always talking to them about, you know, getting the momentum to keep going, to make those daily actions, to keep pushing forward, because you'll never achieve perfection. And things improve as you improve, right? 100%. Perfection is a false race is a great quote. It's going to be quote of the night there with that shadow of a doubt. <laughs> okay, so, um, so a couple of just quick, fun questions. For the people watching tonight that are opening businesses, they're starting businesses, they're going through business change, what would you say? Would you give like, maybe your top two or three mindset tips for people that are watching? What's a couple of – I mean, you've given loads already in terms of being connected to your wife. Can we get a couple of different ones out of you there, Dr. Kath? Um, what would you say? Top mindset tips for a business owner starting or growing? So I think just being really mindful, you know, just having that kind of mindful of who you are and what matters to you, mindful of your values, mindful of the world we're in. You know, we're, we're all busy doing, 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 and we need to just kind of stop for a moment, kind of ground ourselves. So actually think about your mind and where it is and, you know, quieten it down just take those moments you know in the day to be mindful is one of the best ways of starting to develop our mindset okay being mindful is one of the best ways to develop our mindset awesome stuff okay any other ones that you want to throw out there apart from being mindful for everyone tonight you know in terms of being mindful and someone being mindful and taking that moment to kind of motivate themselves. That's that's awesome. So we'll move up, we'll move past the motivation and go into taking action. You know, in terms of you've worked with a lot of business leaders, a lot of people you're teaching at business schools, what do you talk about with people in terms of taking action? How do you get somebody to go and take more action from your perspective and push forward more regularly? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I talk about is kind of having an explorer mentality rather than a brave warrior mentality. Again, we get into this sort of battle, you know, we're winning, we're winning the fight, we've got all this sort of aggressive language that doesn't help us to to learn and explore what's possible. And I say go into an explorer mindset, difficult conversations. Again, if we think we've got to battle, they don't go well. So, you know, to be thinking that tomorrow, what are you going to explore? So this is about pushing boundaries. This is not soft at all. But, it, you know, again, the brave warrior can often, you know, just defend ourselves and, and we're blocking ourselves from moving forward. So get into an explorer mindset. What can I find out from this difficult conversation? What can I find out from someone else's perspective today that I didn't know yesterday? So the explorer piece helps us to learn and to keep pushing up. What have I not seen yet? What have I not learned yet? What, what else could I be doing at the same time that's going to add value or, or kind of in some way give me, you know, another avenue to what I'm doing? So, you know, that I think, what, what's it like to be, you know, when you're, you're kind of discovering somewhere new, if you go on holiday or, you know, if you're Christopher Columbus and you're arriving in the Americas, that sort of what's possible here, I think, is a question that I use a lot, you know, to help us think, where's that next boundary that we can push through? What's possible for you today, tomorrow, in this conversation, you know, at real micro level? 
I think that's the awesome question to be asking yourself. I'll ask the audience, you know, they're watching tonight. Okay, so best business book that you've read. Obviously, we're going to go with your book, uh, the, the, you know, as, as, as the number one. Um, and you can mention that again if you want to and why you think that's the best book that they should go and read now. One of the questions I'll often ask people to come on is like share a business book. So I'll ask you to share two tonight. One of the reasons why I think this has caught on and hit so much last year is because of the times we're in. Whereas I was pushing people for before to reevaluate what matters. Now, because of this bizarre situation we've been in for the last year, because of the pandemic, people are reevaluating what matters. So it is a great natural time for all of us to be thinking about what do I really want? What is really important? And I think that's why it's landed so well at the moment. Um, in terms of business books beyond that, I'm a big fan of Matthew Syed's writing, who you know writes in the Times and writes business books. And particularly his second one is called Black Box Thinking, which is all yeah. about how we need to learn more, learn through failure, learn through mistakes, you know, innovate and have that as part of what we do if we want to succeed. Small world, I actually had dinner with him a few years ago, uh, the Business Lounge, actually, uh, when he was just launching that book. It was quite a few years ago now, that one, wasn't it, I believe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and he got, got a signed copy upstairs. Yeah, good guy. Um, really different, and actually. He's, he's you know, on, he's endorsed mine, so, you know, oh, to say. Oh, awesome. Nice stuff. Okay, let's have a look at the book again. Come on. Let's, let's get it out there. Be a product placement. Okay, the yeah. long win. Okay, definitely pick that up, everybody. I think it sounds like an amazing book, something that's super interesting, you know, and I look forward to, re to reading it myself. Okay, let's go over a couple of other quick questions before we finish up. Are you more of a reader or a podcast listener, or do you do both? Uh, I, do do both. I, I do that. do both. I'm actually doing, but actually because I'm not driving at the moment, my podcast time is going down a bit. I do love okay. to read, but I like both, yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you motivate yourself on a daily basis? Give a motivation tip for you that you use on a daily basis. So every morning, I've done this since I was an athlete, I kind of think, what are the things I'm looking forward to today? What are the things, what makes it worthwhile getting up today? And they could be really small things, just connecting with somebody. I've got a phone call with somebody yeah, I'm going to go for a <laughs> Have you ever done that? No. <laughs> no, good, good, good to hear. So that's a great tip. So just what, what is it I'm looking forward to today? That's your... Yeah, that, yeah. beyond the alarm clock, you know, beyond the superficial things. To actually, what, what what's going to make today, yeah, it's going to make it good that that's happening. And even during lockdown, you've asked yourself that question every single day, and that's what yeah. really good every single day, yeah? Yeah, I create something. It can be just going for a run or doing some exercise or going for a walk or I'm going to make some time to read or listen to a podcast. You know, there's some, yeah, I just connect with people. I mean, I've had great conversations around the book like this. So that's something, you know, I think, yeah, I'm going to, look, going to meet some different people. They can ask me some different questions and that gives me a buzz. Does it? Yeah. You, do you know what? You have an aura of happiness. I will say that. <laughs> when you on, no, but the, the thing is that rubs off on other people in a big way. Mm. I think it's really important if you are in a in a space where you're generally happy most of the time that rubs off on other people and it, it really does change the you know the, the landscape for a lot of people and it's probably by the way that you manage your mindset you know without shadow of a doubt really really interesting stuff there okay great stuff well um so another question for you is the importance of coaching so you know this is it's very rare you know um i've done a lot of interviews as you probably saw when we first connected with a lot of different people and i've, I've interviewed some some top level athletes and actors and other other people and yourself um, included being a, 
an Olympian and world champion. In terms of coaching, um, how that comes in from an athlete's level to a business level, because a lot of people, if you're going to be an athlete, it would almost be unheard of that you wouldn't have a coach, right? If you were going to succeed, I mean, did you ever meet anyone that succeeded as an athlete without having a coach ever? No, uh, but it's like anything in life. I don't think I've succeeded, you know, I'm at school, you need a, a, a teacher, you know, how can we possibly learn on our own? We limit ourselves if we only have our own lens. So, you know, that real valuing of learning means you need other people to be learning with you, to be challenging your thinking, to be stretching it, to be showing you different perspectives. So, you know, you can't possibly learn and, and have this constant learning mindset I've talked about if you're somehow, you know, in isolation. And a coach is one of the best ways of developing the learning muscle, if you like, to be to be better so that you can learn more quickly, take it in. So, yeah, I mean, how else can we you know Do you know what I love about the way you answer that question? Is you're almost shocked. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, are you, what are you on about, Adam, not having a coach? Now, do you know, though, seriously, I mean, you know, as I'm sure you do know, a lot of business people don't think like that. They do not think like that. Yeah, they don't think. They think that you've got to figure it out on their own. They think they've got to do the heavy lifting. They don't think that there's a, a shortcut or a, not, a lens, a different lens that they can look for. And, and they don't invest in themselves, you know. And, and that sometimes really can be a big contributor towards their downfall because they don't invest in themselves and they don't invest in coaching and they don't invest in training or motivation, motivating themselves. It's incredible, really, you know, and, and you see that when you actually then go and work with somebody and they start to get that coaching. I mean, for me, it's incredible, right? You know, I spent many, many, many years um, trying to figure out everything. I mean, many years trying to figure out everything by myself. You know, my first five years in business and I grew a business. I did quite well. You know, I, I grew a business to the point where I grew it to 6.3 million a year without any coaching, figuring it out myself. And I was definitely a warrior, not an explorer. I was literally going to work every day with, with an axe and a shield and, and going to battle. <laughs> I, I literally, you know, it's only when I actually did invest in, and the first coach I had um, was a guy called Richard that had many, many years of experience uh, running businesses and the type of business I was in at the time. And when I brought him in, it was just like, oh, my God, what have I been doing for the last four years? Like, I've been doing it wrong, you know, and it was just eye-opening. But then what I found from working with like 10, 20 different coaches over, since then is that there's different bits of knowledge and information mm -hmm. that you can get, and it makes you a smarter person. It makes you a sharper person. It makes you a better person, doesn't it? And it all contributes towards a massive, massive growth. And it seems like you were totally switched on for that. Is that your, you know, yeah. you're just saying – Totally. I mean, it's interesting. It, as part of the book, I also looked at how uh, education and how we get very obsessed with passing exams, which actually isn't anything to do with learning, really. It's a very narrow memory test often. And, you know, actually, a lot of the ways in which we learn best is what's called cooperative learning, learning from your peers, not being competitive and you know, marked against your peers. And what they do in, you know, in the Nordic countries in Sweden uh, is they have much more of this sort of group learning. And again, in America, there's a big body of research that's shown the best way to learn is to learn with others. But we, again, yeah. sometimes in our schools grow up thinking, well, you know, it's cheating to do that. You know, literally, you're not allowed to, to kind of learn with others and look at what they've got, which is madness because we don't work like that. 
So we get set in this sort of Victorian way of learning from school that stops us thinking like this. And it is madness. It literally holds us back from growing. I mean, the world is complex. You know, we don't, we don't create a vaccine without massive scale of collaboration within those, with those labs across companies, you know, private public sector. So to think that we can run a business and have all the answers by ourselves is massively limiting. Massively limiting. Absolutely. 100%. That's a really good, really good point there. Craig Sandy started a CCTV business a year ago. He runs a martial arts gym. I struggle with the confidence to walk into business and drop my business cards in. I'm not sure if card drops work anymore. Any tips? Do you want to answer that, Kath? Do you want to chip in on that? And then I will as well. Well, do you know, I'm almost not going to give you an answer, but I'm going to say, you know, I hope this, if, this, if this is a question that you've got, I presume you're asking it of like doing a little survey on everyone you meet to gather everyone's tips on these things about, and actually with the guy who asked about, or the, the person who asked about the prioritizing workload, whenever there are issues like that, then I think, well, okay, I'm going to start gathering tips. And when I have a meeting at the end of that meeting, I also ask them, what are your best tips for, you know, connecting, building a network? You know, sure, I definitely, you know, to, to, to only rely on business cards, again, in this complex world seems, you know, <laughs> kind of madness. You're clearly limiting yourself to one route when we can network in a ton of ways. You know, social yeah. media has got in itself tons of different ways. So, you know, start gathering tips about, you know, what's your competitors? How do they do it? You know, who do people in other, in other sectors, what are they doing? So, you know, get curious, as you were saying earlier, Adam, start gathering other tips from others beyond what, what we give yeah. you. And I think the, the, the key to this question here is that I struggle with confidence, right? You know, because uh, one of the fastest ways now you can go and have conversations with people is using video. You know, look tonight, you know, CAF's come on. And, and obviously I've seen tons of you coming on this evening um, that I know and that I know well. And now you're getting to know CAF, you know, and CAF's getting to know you. She's hearing about your book. She's getting that exposure, you know, to lots and lots of different people. And, and she's using video to do that. I mean, you're watching on YouTube, Craig. You know, and, and one of the fastest ways to go and get your message out right now is to use video, you know, and you can start having conversations. Even if it starts off in 10, 20, 30, it soon rolls into the thousands and it's going to be much more effective than if you're using walking into businesses because right now most of the business you walk into will be shut or the boss is a bit home. <laughs> so, you know, pretty, pretty simple stuff there, but good answer there. Gather the tips, absolutely. Mar uh, Martin saying good evening. Uh, Lavina's saying that used to be me, Adam, before I was introduced to uh, big business events. Uh, Hannah saying, God, I wish more of this teaching was brought to the curriculum at school. I think we should quickly touch on this, right? I really do. Yeah. Champion entrepreneurship from a much bigger age, and uh, so from a much younger age. My perspective on it is clear. Like I was a, a, a school system failure in every single way, shape, and form that you can think. I didn't even finish my exams. You know, I had all my teachers tell me I was never going to achieve anything, never going to go anywhere, never going to do anything. And, you know, I never let it bother me because I had my own kind of uh, internal values and, you know, my own direction of where I wanted to go. But there really isn't anything. Um, and you, you're doing some teaching in business schools. So you've actually got an opportunity there, Kat, to make a difference there, haven't you? You know, what do you do when you go into these schools? And what's your opinion on this about being more entrepreneur, entrepreneurial in the learning process? Yeah. 
I mean, it seems odd that there's almost a sense of there's conventional learning or education and then there's entrepreneurial thinking over here. Why is there a gap between the two? You know, we absolutely need that entrepreneurial thinking to be part of, you know, the, the kids at school now, they don't know what job they're going to be doing. They haven't been invented yet. So why are we teaching them stuff that we taught 50 years ago? You know, stuff that they could just Google kind of knowledge. Why, why are we making them learn that off by heart? Because you don't ever have to do that when you're working. So, you know, in my mind, I'm really frustrated with how kind of behind we are and lots of other countries are really shifting yeah. how they are teaching kids and i mean it's like this next term now there's all this sense of we've got to shovel things in that kids are behind and no we haven't we should just be letting them build relationships get active do sports have fun that would give them a much better mental health basis for the future and it will enable them to learn better at the same time rather than sort of shoveling in quite antiquated things so i'm horrified by how narrow our education system is the only good thing is, as you show, it doesn't matter. There is more and more opportunity if you fail in that conventional way to, to actually be entrepreneurial and create your own business. That, again, is going to be an ever-growing part of our economy that is so important. But it makes our education system look increasingly kind of obsolete almost. So, yeah. you know, I'm so disappointed in the sort of slowness of change in the education world. It's amazing, isn't it? And you look at probably like, 70% of successful business people had a terrible school upbringing. You know, it's like, I, I yeah. don't know this, but it's just, it, it's just there, isn't it? Because they had a different line of thinking, yeah. a different way. Of thinking. Absolutely. I interviewed someone last week, Wilfred, and it was the same. You know, it was a really interesting interview, great guy. And, and really, he came on and gave his perspectives on that as well, which was amazing. Really encourage you to go and pick up a copy of Kaf's book because it sounds phenomenal. I'm sure you're going to really enjoy reading that. Sure, it would be a great process. And thank you for kind of coming on and sharing that. Any last words that you want to add to that tonight, Kath? I think you dropped some phenomenal information there. Yeah, it's been, I've uh, really enjoyed it. Love the questions, love that sort of thinking. I think, you know, the Explorer Warrior bit is what sort of connected, isn't it? So let's all go and make sure we're explorers tomorrow. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favour. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets, and if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favourite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy Days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.